You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's Zao You Doing episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for the game no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. As I said, today is another edition of Zao You Doing, our first, uh, unfortunately, our first non-victory week Zao You Doing, because, of course, the Packers lost. So plenty to get to in our conversation with Lily Zao from Fox 6 today. Before we get there, though, there have been some conversations here over the last few weeks about potential trades that Green Bay can make. And before we get into the, oh, uh, the Packers don't make trades, so it's okay, we don't need to talk about this, just everyone relax if that's you. The Packers tried to make a trade last year. They were not able to work out the right compensation for Robbie Anderson. They had apparently been in at least some sort of talks on Emmanuel Sanders, and of course, they tried to sign Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason. It is clear that they viewed this roster as in need of potential upgrades at receiver. And in some ways, what we saw on Sunday is proof of that. Now, they had some issues trying to create without motion. When Aaron Jones went in motion, the Packers averaged six and a half yards a play. When he didn't, they were under three yards a play. And this has been an issue for the Packers all season. When they're using motion, the offense is really good, especially the run game. And when they're not using it, the offense is not so good. And they need to find more ways to make it work. Adding a player, a gadget player, or an actual frontline receiver would do that. Now, there have been some names thrown out there. Dante Pettis, John Ross. Ross, in particular, came up this week because yesterday, Mike Garofolo reported that John Ross is reportedly asking for a trade. And I don't know what the Packers' appetite would be for trading someone like John Ross, trading for Dante Pettis, precisely because of the reasons, the football reasons, you'd want them. They have experience in the system, and they could come right in and understand the offense and do some of the things that you'd want them to do that, that are easy, that you don't need to get someone up to speed on. Run some jet sweeps, some receiver screens, let them return kicks, and you have a, a compliment to Tyler Irvin or someone. We don't know how long Tyler Irvin is going to be out. His 
presence or lack thereof on Sunday played a huge role in what this offense looked like. But the but the reason I say that is would Matt LaFleur really be interested in one of these players who his friends, his brother in the case of the 49ers, have deemed unplayable or borderline unplayable. Now, if Kyle Shanahan or Matt's brother say, hey, listen, uh, we really like Dante Pettis. We just can't get him on the field. These other guys, they just... They're a little bit better, and it's he's close, he's right there, and, and I really think a change of scenery would help him. Now, would they have that conversation, especially knowing that the Packers and the 49ers are, are rivals right now? I don't know. Maybe it's more likely that Matt calls his old coworker, Zach Taylor, in, in Cincinnati and says, hey, so what's the deal with John Ross? Can he just not play? Or... Does he just fit too narrow a box for you guys to figure out a way to use him? Because I think we could use him. What's the deal? And if Zach says, hey, listen, he's a great kid and a hard worker, and he's shown some flashes. He just is a little behind some of these other guys. We drafted T. Higgins. He looks great. He can be a more traditional receiver. And so those are the reasons that that those guys are playing. They've got A.J. Green and, and T. Higgins, who's a top pick, and Tyler Boyd, who's a really good player. So you can see why John Ross is not getting on the field. He's got good players ahead of him for the same reasons that someone like A.J. Dillon's not getting on the field. Now, we're not talking about multiple seasons where these guys can't get on the field for Dillon. By the way, A.J. Dillon on rewatch, he he's going to be a good player. He's got some juice and, and the, the bursts are there. But so would the Packers consider one of these moves? I don't think A.J. Green is going to get moved. And I don't know that it would be a great move for the Packers to make just because of the cost. I don't I don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze there. I mean, can he be old AJ? If you think he can be 85 percent, 80 percent, maybe even 75 percent of like what 2016 AJ Green, I'd have to go back and look at, at his best seasons. But if you think he can still be that guy in an offense that pushes the ball down the field a little bit more that plays, you know, a little bit more from, um, you know, more traditional sets rather than a lot of empty, which they're doing to facilitate Joe Burrow's development. Maybe you think that makes sense and you can justify the cost. I don't know what Cincinnati would want in a deal like that. And if Green Bay would be willing to give that up. Someone like John Ross is going to cost a late day three pick. Someone like Dante Pettis, you know, you could probably get for a fifth or a sixth rounder because they're not being used. And if you're not using that player, it is, you know, weird for a team to say, well, we're, you got to give us a three. No, that's just not how the value works. The, the Bengals have tried to go out and trade John Ross before. Now, maybe making this declaration public, you know, you, you get back out there. It's like a house that's been on the market for a while. You know, you relist it at a lower price and suddenly you get some new eyeballs on it. So... You say, okay, John Ross, make this declaration public. We'll see if we can get a, a conditional seventh for you, a conditional sixth. And and for me, hey, look, you're not really giving anything up. If you can't play, you can't play. And you're not really risking anything. But if you can run a couple jet sweeps a game with him, if you can run an end around, if you can run a couple go routes, if he can return punts for you, then you know you found a, a player who can occasionally tilt the field. 
I mean, think about the impact Tyler Irvin made on this team last year. That was a, a nothing signing when it happened. No one thought, oh, Tyler Irvin, he could come in and change the complexity of this team. But that's exactly what he did. His ability to return punts in particular was huge relative to what they had. And his ability this year to be a part of the jet sweep game and create mismatches for defenses and say, okay, we can play out of 21 personnel and defenses have to account for us in a way that they wouldn't if it's a different player. I mean, that has such value to this offense. And again, we saw it on Sunday. With him out, you lose a major element. So now you have someone like John Ross or Dante Pettis. They can give you a couple of jet sweeps a game. They can return punts and maybe inject a little bit life. Maybe you maybe you take that responsibility off Irvin's plate so he can focus more on some of his offensive duties. That's worth a sixth round pick easily. So I don't know if the Packers would do it because of the baggage. You know, they, they would need some sign off. You know, the connections are exactly the reasons why I, I am, am dubious that it would happen. Because if people he respects, he being Matt LaFleur, say, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it kind of sucks. You know, if that's the conversation, then, yeah, of course, you're not going to make that move. If those guys think he's unplayable, then he's unplayable and and not worth it for Green Bay. Man, Brian Gutekinds could still say, hey, we're doing it and figure it out. Maybe. I don't think the big swing for a for a position player, just because I don't think there are that many out there that are really available. Um, if you wanted to shoot the moon and, and call the Steelers about Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not really a major part of this offense, as Chase Claypool has, has taken the reins this season. James Washington is still doing stuff. They have Deontay Johnson, and they got to pay Juju. Could you get... Juju as a rental and then, you know, sign him would love that. Honestly, if, if it came down to, Hey, uh, it's Juju versus someone like Kevin King, I'm paying Juju. Even if it's Juju versus Aaron Jones, I think I'm paying Juju. It's so maybe, and, and maybe you don't need a first, maybe you can get him for a second. That's something worth exploring. We don't know if that's on the table, but I wanted to make this point about some of these other guys that have connections to LaFleur because the reasons that we're connecting those dots, I think, is precisely the reason why Green Bay just wouldn't do it. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible.
For the first time this season, we have a somber edition of Zayu doing because the Packers really did not play well on Sunday. So it is with a heavy heart I say to you, Lily, Zayu doing. You know, Peter, I've had better days, but Zayu doing. <laughs> I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, I, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. Because uh, it either either it's one of those things where you just say, let's move on and, and none of this really matters, or we have to have a lot of heavy, deep and real conversations about what's going on with this team. Which end of the spectrum do you lean toward here? You know what? I, I was chatting with Mason Crosby on Monday and he said, you know, it's one of those things where obviously we go back, look at the film, but then, you know, like you mentioned, you got to flush it, you got to move on. So as much as I'm sure we could fill 15 minutes talking about what went wrong and what we could do better, <laughs> um, let's just say they got their butts kicked. They all, We heard a bunch of guys say they needed to get their butts kicked, and then we can move on. <laughs> yeah, and, and Billy Turner used some stronger phrasing than that even, uh, which you, you sort of love to see, right? If, if these guys were out there in these interviews going, yeah, well, you know, we're doing this. What like you kind of like to see that fire from these guys because that means it means something to them. Exactly. And that was that was my email going off. So apologize for the ding. But um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's what you need from your from your veteran players. You need some sort of fire. You don't want to see them say, oh, you know, it was a bad game. We'll be okay. You know, you want to see guys get fired up because they didn't lose by a touchdown. They didn't lose by three points. They lost by 28 on the road. It was a beating. And again, it was, you know, things that they did to themselves, self-inflicted mistakes. But to see this team having, uh, talking and acknowledging that they had a bad week practice that translated onto the field after their bye week, you know, they took ownership of it. Um, They weren't happy with their play. And then now they just have to show that, They've learned from their mistakes. They've learned that they need to have a better week of practice, and we'll see how they respond in Houston. There, I see a lot of comparisons about this game and the 49ers game last year. That, oh, this is a harbinger of things to come, and they just got their butts kicked, and this team is not anywhere in the same class as the Buccaneers. I personally do not agree with that assessment, but are there shades of that for you here? You know what? I, I think... The 49ers game, it was, yes, they thoroughly got their butts kicked. I honestly, I, I didn't feel like the offense could come back in that game the way I feel like this year's offense can. And yes, it was because of those two interceptions that really swung the momentum in the favor of Tampa Bay for the rest of the game. But there is a belief this year that this offense can get it going. I still believe that, you know, the defense, that's still to be seen. But I just don't thoroughly believe that Tampa Bay is, you know, 28 points better than this Packers team. It just was, again, self-inflicted mistakes. If, you know, Rodgers doesn't throw a pick six, he doesn't throw the other interception, where would this game be? Because at that point, they were thoroughly dominating. So, you know, maybe they go and score a touchdown on that drive at 17 nothing, and we're talking about a whole different ball game. So, you know, you, you want to see how this team responds. But, again, I just don't believe that. Tampa Bay is that much better than the Packers. I, I still think they're a good team because that defense is nasty and you have Tom Brady, but I, I still think, you know, the Packers are still a good team in the NFC. When you look at the the, the defense, which you aptly described, uh, there were a number of plays where it seemed like Todd Bowles had 
read McCarthy, or I almost said Mike McCarthy. Oh my goodness, Lily. I'm just reading all these tweets about all the the Cowboys players dumping on McCarthy. Can we talk about that for a second? I'll get to this other question. Are you surprised already we're here in October and Cowboys players are complaining about Mike McCarthy? Uh, It's just, it's, I I don't want to say surprise, but you're kind of like, I I don't, I don't know the best word to to put it. I'm looking for a word, but I can't think of it. It's just, I didn't think that there would be this much just discord six weeks into the season. I know they're two and four. I know they've struggled a lot. I know they lost Dak. But to hear this amount of discord this early on is a little surprising. But then again, you're like, they are two and four. Things are getting frustrating in there. They want to win. It's Dallas. Um, but uh, Well, and Mike McCarthy, this is a team that that has just been a disaster with Jason Garrett. And so there's also could be some hangovers of some bad culture or some things that you know, some elements that that created some problems in the past. I don't want to speculate too much on that. Let's get back to the Packers. I just <laughs> I had to I had to get that off my chest because it was on my, in my brain. And, you know, it's it's just to me, it's disappointing to see. I'll say that. But there were a number of times in the game that we saw it, what looked like the players knowing pre-snap. OK, based on this formation and, and Jamel Dean on the interception said, I knew they were going to run that comeback to, to Devontae Adams. And Rodgers didn't even pretend to look off the safety on there, didn't pretend to look off the corner. Um, on the second play of the game, there was a a little bubble screen that the corner read all the way. Is it at all concerning to you that teams, for as creative as this offense has looked, that teams were able to, with just a mini bye week, come in and say, yeah, we kind of know by formation some of this stuff that they're going to want to run? You know, I do, I do think so. And, and that's, we again have to see how they adjust because you don't want this to be the all-in-all blueprint on how to beat the Packers, which, again, it's routine right. off on a quarterback and you're knocking him to the ground every every game. It's like, yeah, every quarterback's probably going to struggle with that. But, you know, no, I, I think they man, they mentioned, you know, not having Tyler Irvin, a lot of the, you know, the pre-snap, all that stuff wasn't there as much as they normally would have it. But, yeah, it, it is a little concerning that this Packers team coming off a bye had this type of performance where the Bucks, like you mentioned, just kind of knew where every – ball was going and just the inability to adjust I think was a little alarming because I think we've you know we've seen in the Matt LaFleur era it's when they lose they lose big Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just if this team is punched in the mouth again with adversity how do they respond because the last five losses it hasn't been close so looking forward to this game with the Titans you want to obviously see a bounce back performance are there things specifically you're going to be looking for not necessarily matchup driven, but just from this Packers team, that's going to say, okay, they're back on the right track. Is it as simple as, oh yeah, the offense looks like the offense we've seen? You know, I think it's that, but I think it's also like, can the defense create some sort of juice? You know, can they get at the yeah. quarterback? We haven't seen any sort of pressure on quarterbacks. I know it's going to be a, it's going to be difficult because it's Deshaun Watson and he can move around a lot, but can we see some pressure on a quarterback and? You know, when it's third and short, why are we 20 yards off the off ball? So it's it's can this defense actually make some game changing plays? Can they pressure the quarterback? I think if we can just see an improvement there, I'll be happy on that side of the ball and obviously defending the run as well. But I think we if we can see the offense back to playing mistake free football, if they can get that ground game going and just get rolling like we're used to seeing, I think they'll be fine. But I think my eyes are more so on the defensive side of the football to see if they can shore any of those things up. Yeah, it is interesting. You go back to 2014 and after the relax 
proclamation. Aaron Rodgers went out and threw six touchdowns to um, uh, against the, uh, the the Texans on a primetime game and gave the famous shh comment. Um, and, and it just sort of they're, they're given that this is a renaissance season for him. Uh, you know, it, the, the parallels there are interesting. This to me feels like a situation where if they can't pressure Deshaun Watson with this offensive line, an offensive line that's been porous for years, not just this season, that's when you start to really wonder what's going on with this defense because they should be able to win some of these one-on-one matchups. Yeah, and you, you would say that about a lot, the last couple of games as well with how you know dinged up some of these offensive lines are, but the, the pressure just hasn't been there. And when you're doing a three-man rush, it's you know it's hard to to get to a quarterback, let alone one as nimble as Deshaun Watson. So again, it's like you need, you need your key players to step up. Can Zedarius, you know, generate some pressure? Can we see Preston step up? What about Kenny Clark coming off, you know, his second game back? It's can these key players make key plays? And that's, I think what we want to see from this defense moving forward, because again, the quarterback slate doesn't get any easier. So if they can't get any pressure on Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's going to be a long day for this Packers team on the road. Yeah, we just saw what what Deshaun Watson did to a, a pretty good Tennessee Titans team. Um, almost single-handedly won that game. So this defense is going to have to get right in a hurry. And the offense, I mean, they're going to probably have to score 30 points to win this game. And after last week, they've got to figure some things out. You mentioned the Tyler Irvin thing, and and I wrote about this for, for SB Nation. The motion... Uh, against the Buccaneers, when they had Aaron Jones in motion, they averaged 6.5 yards per play. On all other plays, they managed 2.8 yards per play. Uh, that's just on the Aaron Jones motion. So they've got to find some ways to manufacture some stuff here. When it's not that motion stuff, I, I don't know where they're going to get that production from. If you look at this team, I mean, is it is it someone like Equinemius St. Brown who needs to get a little bit more involved? Do you, do you see Jay Sternberger becoming a little bit more involved? Where can they turn to, to get some more productivity in just a more traditional game plan? That's a great question. And I, I think you do have to try, you have to get your tight ends involved. And I know Tanyan was dinged up a little bit, but in that game, it's like, you know, we, we didn't really see the tight ends really get involved. I know, you know, Rogers missed Mercedes there down the middle wide open, but that's a great question. It's like you, you kind of want to just line up and just run the ball down their throats and see if you can get yards out of it. Because I feel like for this team, it's how do you generate offense again without all that pre-snap motion? But also, you know, this team is relying on third and longs to be kind of their bread and butter. And yes, they've converted, but it's you don't want to be living that kind of lifestyle, especially on the road. It's you know they have to do they have to do some damage on first and second downs. But you're right. It's where are they going to find that production if they're not using a bunch of pre-snap motion. So, I mean, that, that's a great question. I don't really have an, I don't have an answer for you. We'll, just, we'll have to see what Matt LaFleur dials up, but it's going to have. Hopefully Matt LaFleur has an answer oh, because yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am not ready to, to get crazy yet with Mike Patton. I know that there are some Packer fans who are, to me, it's one game. And, and I think the defense has, has quietly been better than, than fans are saying, but do you think if, you know, let's say the Packers go out and they give up 35 to the Texans and and they let Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen throw the ball all, all over them, is it crazy that Green Bay could be saying, look, we only have so many years with Aaron Rodgers here to compete for, for Super Bowls with him. Maybe a move needs to be made in a drastic kind of way middle of the season. You know what? I only feel like that move will be made if this team isn't winning. Um, 
if if the Packers aren't putting up 30 plus games and they're losing the way that they do and they're losing poorly, perhaps that's a discussion you can have. But I feel like if this team keeps winning and even though, you know, say they're winning 35, 28, but they're still giving up you no know, 28, 30 points per game. I don't feel like that's a conversation that they'll have in terms of getting rid of somebody like a Mike Pett in midseason. I just feel like this team has to be losing um, for them potentially to have that conversation. But again, it's I feel like we all were talking about, all right, this is going to be a, a good defense because we saw what they did last year, especially with the takeaways, and it just hasn't translated into week six or you know six weeks into the season. So I will say if, if, the, if they start losing some games, uh, that, that chatter is going to increase significantly. Do you think it's something that you would advocate for if they do start losing games? Is that is that kind of drastic action something that you think could potentially help this team? Or, or is it just too premature to even have those discussions? We have to see what it looks like. You know, I, th- I still think it's a little premature. I, I feel like if we're in week, I don't know, 11, 12, <laughs> and we're still talking about, you know, nothing's really changed defensively. Maybe that's the kick they need to get things rolling. But then again, you know, if they let Mike Pettin go, who comes in? You know, who's in a right. defense? Who are they going to bring in? Who's available? Well, and if you do wait that long, is there still time to turn it around? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the that's the the issue that they're facing. It's like, okay, at at how short is the leash? And if the leash if the leash is like, okay, three more games like this, then maybe you just go ahead and make the move because you don't want to be in a situation where okay, week fourteen, week fifteen, it's obvious. They do it. I'm not saying that they, they should do that. I'm just saying if they if they feel if Matt Lafleur feels like they're that close, if they're you know hanging on the edge, sort of cantilevered there, then you you'd rather make the move three weeks too early than three weeks too late. Yeah, that's a good point. And so again, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing some offenses that have firepower. So again, I I know we keep saying we'll see, but again, when it's if it's week eleven, week twelve, and things haven't changed, it's all right, Matt LaFleur, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something that I think we have to at least monitor, even if Mike Patton's seat isn't hot yet. You know, it's like if your seat has car warmers it's or seat warmers, it's like it's on like one or two, maybe like you can feel that it's not a normal seat, but it's not quite, it's not com- you know, right. Right. You know, you can you notice that there's heat there. You notice that there's a a certain level of warmth that is unusual. It's not uncomfortable yet, but, you know, it's there. You you feel it. I think that's where we are with Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Good analogy. Well, hopefully uh, we'll we'll see some points on the board. I expect we'll see a lot of points on the board. The Texans defense is not very good. Uh, One thing that I, I have to ask you about. Uh, and and Matt Schneidman teased it coming up in the athletic, and and maybe by the time that this comes out, it will have been out. But there is been some discussion that maybe Houston would consider moving on from some pieces if they start losing games. There is a case to be made that one of the best outcomes from the Packers winning a game like Sunday is if you take the Texans. And you all of a sudden they're staring one and six, one and seven in the face. Maybe they decide to move on from a certain former University of Wisconsin standout who happens to be from Wisconsin. You know what? That would you know, I, I feel like there are some things in Wisconsin that would make people happy. It's spotted cow. Cheese curds, the Packers, and seeing JJ Watt in a Packers uniform. I feel like it would be, 
ecstatic if if he showed up and was playing in the green and gold. That would be quite the JJ would might be at the top of that list too. Yeah. It's like spotted cow cheese curds JJ. <laughs> or maybe seeing Jordy back, but I don't think Jordy wants to come back. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 that would be something. I I don't think we've ever seen a move that like that big mid season from this team in a long time. Well, since I've been here. To make a move that big, to bring in a, a player of that caliber with that much, you know, pizzazz to bring him onto the team. I haven't seen that in quite a while. So if that does happen, woo chale. That's all I gotta say. Indeed. All right, Lily. Uh maybe maybe let's hope for that then. And then then we have a lot more fun things to talk about on this show. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Lily. Before we finish up, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. Caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie. That's just a few of the mouth-watering names that you can pull out. 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. And best of all, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. As I said, the best tasting protein bar ever. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually, we brush it off or make excuses, or any number of things just to to not have to talk about it. But a healthy life includes a healthy sex life. And if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. And Roman is here to help. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. It's simple to get started. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment with a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. Just to put a button on this J.J. Watt discussion, think about the impact of beating the Texans. You add a loss. They already fired their coach. Their season is now effectively over especially if the Packers take care of business on Sunday. They have cap issues. They're over the cap. And taking a look at J.J. Watt's contract, no guaranteed money past this season. In fact, if the if the Texans traded him this year, no guaranteed money, no dead money on the cap. If the Packers got him, you pay half his salary, don't have to pay next season. You can cut him in the offseason. And you'd probably... Try and restructure, try and get him to come back on a team-friendly deal. Try and win a Super Bowl in his home state. It's more doable than I realized before I started talking it out. So it's not crazy. It's not crazy. It makes a lot more sense than the trades we talked about to start the show. So just something to keep in mind. Tomorrow, our crossover Thursday. And then, of course, our live Periscope show on Friday went a lot better 
uh, last week than it did the week before in terms of technology being in our favor. So hopefully we can get a good live show on Periscope Friday. Of course, it goes into your podcast feed shortly thereafter. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.